0: Me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for. Sucker Tash. Yes, Sucker Tash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy. Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark. Hershon.
1: Oh, listener, dear sweet listener, I know, I know, Mark Hershon here, your every other weekly host, and I am once again late putting out an episode. This one, number 309, of Suckatash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. Apologies. Unlike last time, though, I'm not going to cheap out and pull a moldy oldie from the succotash archives. I actually have a real passel of Soundcast clips for you this time, all freshly harvested. Well, if they weren't fresh, would they sound like this? Hear that? Before I get into what I have in store for you, did you get a chance to hear last week's Epi 308 and what our alternating host Tyson Saner was serving up? It's a delicious trio of Debut episodes from the Soundcast's The Tumbler's Willie podcast. No one can know about this, a podcast where we play every Final Fantasy and just say Julie. It's not too late to put it in your ears. Simply head over to Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible.com, iHeartRadio, YouTube, SoundCloud, PodBay, PodChaser, and our own home site, SockatashShow.com. All right. So, what in the world can I surprise and delight you with today? How about clips from a mixed bag of shows, some of which you may have heard of and some of which you may not be so aware of, like Big Facts No Cap, Codependent, Penn's Sunday School, and Penny for Your Thoughts. And because they're always here, whether we want them to be or not, Another ad from our longtime non-paying sponsor, Henderson's Pants, with their amazing kleptomatic trousers.
2: Like us on Facebook.
1: All right, let's get into the clips. I love that a line in this first show's description goes, Truly a show no one asked for. (laughs) That could apply to this show as well. But Paul and Adrian jumped on it first for Big Facts No Cap. It's a soundcast, quote, in which two normal dudes with highly overlapping worldviews give advice to online strangers who will probably never hear it. Using questions from advice columns ranging in scope from dating to pet care to religion and everything in between, Paul and Adrian deliver the best suggestions they can muster off the top of their lovely yet largely vacant heads. Unquote. Love it. Super simple, succinct description of this episode. And this show, this clip is from their recent episode entitled 99 Problems, where they've gotten into talking about rude people and a woman at Trader Joe's in particular.
3: Well, who was the last rude person you talked to? Maybe this is bearing my soul a little too much to this podcast.
4: Mm. But especially as a teenager, rude people really uh, ruined my day. Like if I met somebody who was like kind of mean to me, like I would think about it on repeat for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm the same way. I think I've kind of gotten over that, but yeah, it was, like, a very Seinfeldian oh, thing, where if somebody just, like, I don't know, just, like, even a little aggressive with me in a store, like, if a clerk, yeah. I was like, oh, hey, can I get some help? And they were like, I'm busy right now. And I'd be like, I just didn't mean anything
0: by it, Jesus.
3: Yeah, I have a real thing where, like, that just uh, makes me question, like, the, the uh, uncaringness of this cold world. <laughs> uh, two stories, though. I think I've told one of them and the other one, someone else's story. But Paula Tompkins has a great story about how he went to the DMV once when he was like first moving to LA and how the person was just like really mean and like aggressive and annoying with him while they were like trying to tell him which forms to fill out. And the thing that he did is he just like looked at her and was like, are you mad at me? And she was, she immediately just switched her like behavior where she was like, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm I'm busy with work and stuff like that. And she became a whole lot nicer. And I was like, I would never have the gall to say that sound like that to somebody. But PFT has that charisma. Um, Oh, but my other example about how just things that like stick with you when people are rude to you is uh, when I was going into uh, Trader Joe's during the pandemic. So I was living in Sacramento Uh, The parking lot to get into the Sacramento Trader Joe's or at least one of them. Uh, There's like a weird thing where there's like like a turning lane that looks like it should be a parking lane and then the regular road. And so while someone was in the parking thing that I thought was a parking lane, but actually trying to turn right, I cut them off and went into the Trader Joe's. And so the lady literally like tried to she obviously she was a white woman. So obviously she like knew what to do. She was like, let me figure out how to be a Karen about this. Uh, So she saw who I was. She followed me into the store. She came up like in a huff to me. And I literally was about to say, I, lady, I don't work here. I was like, I don't know you. Why are you coming up to me like this familiarly? <laughs> and then she was like, did you see me when you cut me off? And I was like, oh, honestly, no, I couldn't tell that was like a turning lane. And she was like, you're a dickhead. And then she left. And I was like, damn, that's going to make me upset for the entire next two weeks. <laughs> um, Hey, it's a white woman in a Trader Joe's parking lot. That is exactly. I gonna say that's like the perfect uh, storm of
2: their most powerful darkness. place.
3: Yeah. I've never seen people- You know, you know like diplomatic immunity? <laughs> I think white women have diplomatic immunity at Trader Joe's parking lots. <laughs> she could have murdered me.
5: <laughs> Joe's. I like that
3: Trader Joe's opens up a new store. They're like, how many square feet
4: do we need to open up this store? And they're like, about 500. And, um, okay, how big's the area? Oh, about 550 square feet. Okay, that's enough
3: room for the parking lot, that extra 50 square yeah. feet. There's a lot of memes about that. Um, but yeah, in terms, of, in terms of that one, I just um, went on with my day.
1: Paul and Adrian have been around for a while with big facts, no cap, but they still refreshingly have no last names that you have to worry about. Catch them wherever you catch soundcasts. Codependent with Mace and Jordan features the two namesake hosts, Mace Galoni and Jordan Shearer, every week talking about friendship, feelings, and questionable diet choices. Both guys are comics, and they've been called weirdly close by both relatives and girlfriends. They recently rolled out kind of a mini-series in successive episodes entitled Curmudgeon. This particular clip is from Curmudgeon 3, where the guys ruminate on who was the person who decided on the dates on the calendar.
2: I've been wondering about this. How do we just choose a date, like 2022? How do we get there? Who decided 2022 years ago? They're like... I'm going to start keeping track. Uh, this is going to be the first year. How did they come to that realization? I know there's like the before Christ and we can kind of chronicle back that way. But wouldn't it be cooler if we were just in the year like, I don't know, one billion or something like that? Like if we have like, I know we don't have like exact science of when the earth started. So I know we can't get like granular <laughs> Wait, to Oh, no. Christians would believe that there was a time before I don't know isn't there like a religion that believes that like dinosaurs walked on the same path with humans that we were here at the same time I don't know it's honestly surprising if we were here at the same time and with dinosaurs it's surprising that we weren't the ones that went extinct (laughs) like they have T-Rexes and I heard once that like T-Rex, they kind of like, you know, we portray them as like giant reptiles, but they were actually feathered at feathers. But I think by the time we had already like, by the time Jurassic Park had sunk in that CGI money, we had already all decided, yeah, it's a giant iguana. Uh, but then they figured out later that they actually had feathers. Which at first like you get big bird connotations And you're like that's not that scary But have you ever been around a big bird Like a huge bird With it's old reptilian eyes Like they have scary Primordial eyes Like they look different I guess you could say Birds eyes slap different Not all of them Like robins are adorable Little idiots running around Chirping, eating, getting fat Relatable to me relatable Um, I love walking by like a bush filled with robins in the morning and they're all just chirping away it's like a family having breakfast together (laughs) they're like talking about politics then as soon as you walk by they all go dead quiet oh my god this guy's eavesdropping on our conversation how rude this is our bush really uh, if your house was all leaves in open air, you might be a little more concerned about your privacy as well. It's all about perspective. But I don't know. Like Raptors, T Rex. Give give those those bitches feathers and Honestly it might even be more terrifying with feathers. What are they doing? Are they gonna fly? You don't know. They would all look like they could fly. Ah oh, man. If we were on the earth at the same time. I don't even know what religion believes that. I've just heard people say that before. I don't know if it's true but if we were around at the same time as dinosaurs man dinosaurs would be working at the bank right now <laughs> uh, yeah we would uh, we would not be around. We would not be around. there's no way. how could we keep up with that?
1: Codependent features mostly short episodes, making them easy to consume while running errands and things like that. Like curmudgeon three, for instance, that's only 22 minutes long. Some are a little longer, but Mason Jordan, they're always interesting. And now it's time for a little of this and a little of that from the little Lord Pantleroys over at Henderson's Pants.
0: This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Henderson's, innovation in pantaloons and trousers since 1896. Almost 80 years ago, when Grandpa Al Henderson was struggling to raise a family during the Great Depression, he did what any unemployed family man would do, he shoplifted food. But he did it the right way and never got caught because he used his patented Henderson's Kleptomatic Trousers, made with pride in the USA with not four, not five, but 11 expandable pockets that drape and shape naturally while stylishly concealing fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, even live poultry, and feed a family of five while never once alerting market vendors or law enforcement officials. Well, as they say, everything old is new again. And now, Henderson's is proud to offer Kleptomatic Plus, microchip equipped to neutralize barcode scanners, exit alarms, and other loss control detectors so you can walk through any door with confidence. That's Henderson's Kleptomatic and Kleptomatic Plus trousers, helping you provide with confidence in every stride. And now, back to more of suck
1: Hosted by magician and comedian Penn Gillette, you know, from Penn & Teller, along with Michael Godot and Matt Donnelly, they kick around the news of the week in Penn's Sunday School. And you can be part of the Confab, too, because this is a live show that kicks off at high noon on Sunday's Las Vegas time in Twitch TV, which they then punt into a podcast by Monday morning. Our clip is from very recently, June 11th of this year, and features guest Robert Bob Cornrevere, their resident First Amendment attorney who gets into free speech and pornography and whether the founding fathers of the U.S. got into that stuff. What I uh, have never
4: really understood is founding fathers. When, 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 when the U S first starts, where is censorship? Like was, uh, Thomas Jefferson's library would have certainly have included many things that Comstock would have wanted burned.
6: Right. Right. And that's one of the things that I point out in the book.
4: Yeah. Um, so where were we then? I mean, if if it were the late 18th century, um, what was racy? How could you get it? And would people arrest you?
6: Well, no. And, and there were no obscenity prosecutions. Uh, it wasn't even part of the law until some 40 years after uh, the Constitution was adopted. It developed first as sort of a common law thing. And it grew out of old concepts of blasphemy law uh, and uh, something that our Constitution was supposed to have eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your your basic question of what were the framers of the Constitution thinking? Uh, everyone keeps trying to figure out what the Constitution means by holding a seance to figure out what mm-hmm. was in yeah. the minds of of the framers. And it's not I don't think it's really the right question. Uh, it, you know, I think the the issue is they set down a blueprint mm-hmm. um, and as some have often said, uh, a document created by geniuses so the country could be run by idiots. Uh, and, you know, I guess we're still testing that proposition. Um, but uh, when it comes to free speech in the First Amendment, what they said was, and one of the reasons why I focused on censors as opposed to, quote, the value of free speech, mm-hmm. is that we know what the framers intended to prevent. They intended to prevent giving government the power to control what people could read or think or say to each other. And so that I think that simplifies the proposition rather than asking the question, what speech is good enough to qualify for mm-hmm. First Amendment protection?
4: But uh, I was not. Uh, yeah. W- w- you know, the, the, the Supreme Court and the originalists and what they wanted to all yeah. that. All that nutty stuff is. is, is, is uh, Yeah. I wasn't asking about any of that. I was asking what was available to read that would be censored uh by in in the 20th century, what was available to read in like, you know, 1820. And would you be able to, to get, there was no government censorship at all, but was there a lot of self censorship going on? Was there nobody wanting that? Was there, do we have pornography from 1820?
6: Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it's existed forever. Yeah. Uh, And, when it came to novels, I mean novels like Tom Jones mm-hmm. and things like that, um, would have been among the favorites in the framers' libraries, mm-hmm. um, and they are the very kinds of novels that um, that Anthony Comstock went after.
4: And he would have known that.
6: I. It's hard to know what he knew. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's like uh, people say of of Donald Trump. I doubt that he knows what it means to know something.
4: Yeah, exactly. Well, as someone who knows him, <laughs> I think I think that's uh, that's 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 really true. Um,
1: that's probably like trying to fight it today. If you, if someone comes to you and says we need a law uh, stopping this kind of obscenity, and you say no, we don't, don't they accuse you just of being a pedophile? Isn't that the well, next
6: step? Of course. And that was one of the techniques that Comstock used and that anti-speech activists today continue to use. Mm -hmm. If you defend the proposition that the government shouldn't be censoring X, they'll say, oh, well, that's only because you love X. Mm -hmm. And you can fill in the X with whatever is the most
4: horror of the day. They will often do if you're X, they'll often say that's because you're Y. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> you that's know, true they, they, if you if you want to see topless uh pictures of topless women you're a pedophile right you know they, right. They, yeah. they, they they jump into other stuff but right. there's no unringing the bell now right i mean censorship has become a very complicated thing because no one uh does anyone even try to stop Pornhub and
6: things like that oh even? yeah absolutely uh, and and that's that is ongoing and As Michael uh, just suggested, people who uh, previously had organizations dedicated to trying to stop porn have now rebranded their efforts, renamed their organizations, and they call everything trafficking.
1: Get yourself some good old modern religion from Penn Sunday School, available wherever Soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Last but not least is our clip from Soundcast Penny for Your Thoughts. Hosted by comedian Jake Penny and a rotating cavalcade of co-hosts, we look to the beginning of this month of June, 2022, and fellow comedian Emmanuel Lewis, who joins him. The guys talk about performing comedy, and in this clip, thinking back to the early days of starting out and figuring it all out. The show show notes for this this episode says it all. Real laid-back Zoom podcasting just talking about comedy? and old stories. It doesn't get simpler than
5: that. Do you remember the show we did at Proud Larry's Connor was hosting and uh, all the law kids were there? Yeah. Dude, that was was, one of my favorite sets you ever did. Sitting there screwing around and then you kept going, strike that from the record. (laughs) That dude, that (laughs) had me dying with those law kids.
7: (laughs) Bro... Oh, and honestly, bro, I feel like one of the things that I bring to the table as a comedian is that I've just done a lot of shit, bro. I've done a lot right. of shit. Like, I didn't right. tried law school. Like, I didn't try financial investment. Like, bro, I, I can really talk about a wide range of shit. And one right. of the things, one of the things that I can fuck with is, like, is like Proud Larry's is, like, even if they haven't done those things, they're, like, really open-minded. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They're not afraid a lot to, like, to let their mind wander like right. and honestly so that's what I was saying like that's kind of sort of the thing with like with like the people that I went to the show in Oscar saw too like they had they had they had a similar type feel yeah. it was like a similar type feel as Proud you know what I'm saying it probably had like it probably had more of like a Harris's look but like a right. Proud Larry's feel though. you see what I'm saying yeah, like that I sounds like a that. really cool spot like, that shit cool like that's how it was there like and then like the, com- the comments were just like open minded so I knew then the crowd was gonna be open minded too Right, and it's like when I know I'm working with that type of group, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit, like now I feel more comfortable doing what the other fuck I was right. finna do. Because I know I'm finna get on stage and do some wild shit. Like I know Dude, I am. that's like, just who I am That's
5: one of the hardest <laughs> things is if I like walk into a room and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I should do XYZ, you know. I'm like, oh, this is already gonna be bad. If I'm already thinking I can't yeah. do one of my favorite jokes, you know, then I'm gonna screw everything. <laughs> I've, definitely, <laughs> facts, had facts, facts, I've definitely had those.
7: I've definitely had those. Bro, they asked me to do a show one time in Jackson where it was like the the lady who had just got on stage right in front of me was singing a gospel song, bro. And I was just like, ooh. <laughs> Have y'all seen me yeah,
5: do a show? I did a show down in Starkville, and uh, it was a cool, like it was a cool bar. The bar wasn't really set up well for comedy, but it was a real cool bar. And it was the first time they were ever doing an open mic. And, you know, my girlfriend goes to Mississippi State. So I was like, screw it. I'll go down and do it with you all, whatever. So I went down and did yes. it. And the dude that went, like, two before me was like, a, I don't want to, like, talk shit. I'm not talking shit. This is just – this is what happened. And he got on stage, and he was, uh like, a pastor in training. He was, like, 22. Like, he was our age-ish. But, like, he was, like, a pastor in training. And he got up there, and, like, the first thing he said was quoting the Bible. And I was like – oh shit
3: <laughs> like i'm gonna sound like an
5: <laughs> asshole in just a minute
7: <laughs> uh,
5: but nah. I, i've started doing. I, I started talking hard. about that on stage uh, i've started talking about that on stage at these mississippi open mics like there's a good chance you're gonna get one or two people that are gonna get up there and be like let's pray before we start <laughs> like no man i've had that way too many times
1: <laughs> That's a taste of Penny for your thoughts, a lot of great episodes, and a solid lineup of guest hosts, so check it out, either at Jake's home site or wherever you get your soundcasts from. We're almost wrapped for episode 309 now, except for a a quick peek into the tweet sack. Hey Tweety. This is a list of everyone I could find that's mentioned our at Suckatash show handle in their socials during the past few weeks. Here we go. Eric Furness. Jock Doc Podcast. The D-Head Factor, Phil Lernis, L. Marine 1775, Travis Clark, Jeffrey Hyde, Molly Cooney, Fascination Street, Dr. Collision, and Paws the Dinosaur Hunter. Sometimes I have to find out what that's all about. Tom Beavis, Amanda Schweinhart, Jan Arden, and I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Kind of a short list in the Tweet Sack this week, but hey, what do you want for nothing? That is going to do it for me now. Uh, I'm in the process, by the way, of moving to an entirely new house in an entirely different area of the state of California. So by the next time you hear my voice, it will be coming from my new Soundcast studio that will no doubt still be in process of being made. So I'm not sure what the quality will be like. Check back next week in this very same stream for Tyson Sainer and his soundcast stylings for Succotash episode 310. And in the meantime, if you're sitting on the bus minding your own business and some 'er ne'er-do-well shoves a shiv in your ribs and asks if you've heard anything good lately, save your life and please pass the Succotash.
0: You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's pants and Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at succotash on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and wherever fine, fine soundcasts, soundcasts are streamed and, and or downloaded. Follow Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at Show.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212 That number again is 818-921-7212 You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash u slash succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Osolito, the home of the hit Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner Our musical director is Scott Carvin our booth assistant is... Kenny Durgis. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash goodbye.